Welcome into Moving the Chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. We've got another off-season show with a great interview lined up for you guys today. We've got a very special guest, the new head coach of the Oceanside Collegiate Academy Land Charts, Coach Chad Wilkes. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Doing well, doing well. I really appreciate your time today. We really do. You know, Coach Wilkes was hired in January from Lamar High School, where he won three region championships and played for the state title twice. Before that, he coached at C.E. Murray, where he also won a region championship, and he's got an overall record of 45-15. and 15. Coach, quite the resume, but let's get going here. How has the transition been going down to Oceanside Collegiate? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's really exciting for me. It's um, a little bit of a step up from a, from a student enrollment standpoint and a, you know, roster standpoint. We have more kids on the roster and, um, you know, just a little bit more resources and things like that. Um, so it's exciting. And um, it's obviously in a great place to live, um, which is obviously good for good for my wife. She really enjoys that. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun. We've just like any transition, you know, it's, it's taking time to fill out the staff and um, and get to know the players and things like that. But, uh, you know, I'm down here full time now, have been for a week and a half since last Monday. Um, and things have been going great. The kids, we have a really good group of super hardworking kids. Um but yeah, they, they've done everything that I've asked of them, ton of energy in the weight room and everything that we're trying to do. So I, I'm, I could not be more excited. The transition is going as smooth as it can go. Um, you know, just got to finish up filling out that coaching staff and we'll be ready to roll. All right, Coach, a lot of our listeners and uh, us too at, at Moving the Chains uh, want to get some background information. So um, let's talk about your coaching career. How did you get started um, into coaching? Yeah, so I've been extremely fortunate. Um, you know, I'm, I just turned 30 in January, and I've already been a head coach for five years, which is a pretty long time. I mean, I was hired. I coached my first season at my, – my first head coaching season at 25, but I was hired when I was still 24. Um, so, you know, I've been very fortunate to get to this point. You don't get to this point just, just because I'm smart or whatever. You get to this point because you get fortunate. The Lord's blessed me to, to be here. Um, was straight out of college. It started straight out of college. My my head coach in high school, Johnny White, who is a legend, won two state championships when he was um, the head coach at Sherall, hired me on uh, my first year straight out of college with no experience. Um, I was hired as the quarterback's coach, but he really gave me the opportunity to call plays on Friday nights, which is very rare um, for, for that to happen for somebody so young and with no experience. And, um, and I just learned so much from him so early and also learned just from going through it. I mean, the best teacher is actually doing it. So, you know, I, I definitely am nowhere, was nowhere near the coach at the time that I am now, but I was able to learn a lot through that first year. Um, and then coach white retired after that first year. And so for me, I knew that I wanted to be a head coach. Um, I'm, you know, got a fairly ambitious personality and I'm pretty driven. So I knew I want to be a head coach one day. And I knew that I, I had had that experience on offense and, you know, a, a, a lot of really good experience calling plays and everything. So I want, I knew I wanted to coach on the defensive side of the ball just to kind of make myself a little bit more well-rounded as, or as well-rounded as well-rounded as I could be. And I'd played defensive back in college. So I felt like that was a natural transition for me. So I went to Sumter high um, to coach defensive backs under Coach Barnes. Again, another legend. Um, had won a state championship in North Carolina. I think he's on like 299 wins now, just a 
another legend that I was able to learn from. And it really gave me the ability to game plan from the defensive side for the first time. Um, even though I wasn't a defense coordinator, I, I had uh, Coach Mark Arthur, who was defense coordinator, again, another great coach that I was learning from. But just to be able to see and learn how do you do that from the other side just to continue to be more well-rounded. Um, and then that season, after that season, a job, the head job at C. Murray came open. Uh, coach Brian Smith went to Blackwood. And, you know, honestly, I, I just threw my name in and just, you know, put, put an application in just to do it. Um, kind of, you know, definitely not expecting to get it by any stretch. I was just, you know, doing it. Like I said, I'm pretty ambitious. So um, put my application in, got an interview, um, was, you know, definitely my first ever like real interview in front of in front of a panel and all that good stuff. Um, and they hired me. So I was 24. I was only two years in. Um, and again, same sort of deal. But even then, I was hired as the athletic director, head football coach. Um, and teaching. So I was doing quite a bit. Um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, career wise, it's good to sometimes you might have to go into rural areas. Um, you know, you might have to go down to one a you're not, it's going to be hard when you're young to get a, a head coaching job at the five A level or whatever it is. So, um, so yeah, I was all for it. I mean, I was all in jumped in with two feet. Um, and I also knew we had great players and, and I don't care who you are, who it is. Bill Belichick couldn't come to South Carolina and win games if you had bad players. Um, and if you got good players, it can make a bad coach look good too. So we had really good, really good players. We, that very first year when I was 25 years old, we went to a lower state championship game, um, won a region championship, all those good things out of, again, I was at a young age, but we had really good players and um, I, you know, we had to work really, really hard. There's not as many resources at a school like that. Um, so you really just kind of have to, to get down, put your own hands in the dirt and paint and, you know, cut the grass and do the laundry. And we didn't have an athletic trainer at the time. I mean, it's the, had to do it all. Uh, but there, again, there's no better teacher than that experience. And we were able to have a lot of success early. Um, so I was there for two years and then the Lamar job came open. And of course I grew up playing against Lamar. So I know firsthand the kind of tradition that they've always had. Um, so yeah, so again, that was a no brainer job came open. Um, and was able to get that job. And uh, yeah, three years later. Um, and by the way, I do want to correct everybody is some people somewhere it got out in the news from some kind of release and it's making myself look a little bit less than what the news is saying. We didn't play for two state championships. We played for two upper state championships. Ah, um, appreciate the correction. <laughs> yeah, we lost to Southside Christian both years, um, who of course went on to win the state championship. And I do firmly believe not to you know, put down anybody, but, you know, I do think that we were definitely the first year, the second best team in the state behind Southside. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we played them, we were up at halftime, played them really tight and, you know, they won the state championship game by 40 points or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I did, so yeah, but went to Lamar, um, never lost the region game there. Um, and yeah, had a lot of success. And so obviously the Oceanside, Oceanside job came up. It was really tough to leave Lamar. Lamar is a great school great kids the support is there everybody wants to win um absolutely loved love my athletic director there um who's still the athletic director there so it's a great place and it was really tough to leave but you know it's just one of those things sometimes you gotta um 
you know, you got to make moves. And, and for me, this really is, I, I'm not planning on, I knew I wouldn't finish at Lamar, but I mean, I bought a house right across the street from the school. So I wasn't planning on leaving probably as early as I did. Um, but coming here, I, you know, with the vision and things that we have for this school, I, I'm certainly never planning on leaving at this point. Awesome. Talking about the new job here, what was that kind of process like as far as how long did it take to get the interview set up and going through the panels and what that, and how, you know, how long were you guys in talks before, it became official. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. I was, um, I got married. And so my first interview was on my honeymoon on zoom. <laughs> um, so yeah, so literally my first interview was sitting in a hotel in Miami. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, and so, yeah. And then after that, it was, um, obviously, you know, that went well. And so I went down to the school obviously for an in-person one and, um, and I mean, it went great as far as even from not just from, I mean, my, I guess it went okay for me because they hired me, but even from my side and I've told them since it was the best interview that I've ever been in. And I've been, I mean, I haven't been in 25, I'm still young, but I mean, I've been in a few, you know, it's going to be my third head coaching job. So, and so even from their side, they were asking the right questions. They were asking meaningful questions instead of just going down the same form questions that everybody always asks they were actually um, pressuring me on things. They were asking good follow-up questions like, you know, okay, well, you didn't beat Southside Christian. Well, why didn't you? What are you going to do to beat them that? Like, you yeah. know, which is, which I love. I'd never really been asked questions like that. Um, so that let me know that, or let me know that they kind of knew what they were talking about. So um, obviously that one went well. Um, and, you know, I kind of knew in talking that I was going to get it a little bit before, um, they actually offered it to me, obviously, you know, ironing out details and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so once, I, once all the details and everything got ironed out, um, I guess I officially like accepted the job on a Thursday and was announced on that next Monday. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of waiting period as far as, uh, okay, I've got the job. When are we going to announce it? Um, so yeah, it all happened pretty fast. And like I said, I mean, I was getting married or had gotten married very quickly it started on the honeymoon um as far as the first interview and then yeah it's all happened really quickly <laughs> with me and my now wife as far as moving down here and everything so yeah it's been a little bit of a whirlwind um since that since whenever that was early second week of january i guess so i can't imagine how much that how stressful that's been you know getting married and starting a new job and then having to move as well uh, but also I know, you know, the listeners want to know, um, how's your staff taking place? Um, have you ever, have you been able to make some hires? Were you able to retain some guys? Um, how's that shaping up for you? Yeah. So, um, we, we don't have the full staff done yet. We, so it, everybody that was, so at C. Murray and at Lamar at Royal one at C. Murray, I literally kept every single coach that had been on staff before me. Like it was a hundred percent of them across the board. It was the exact same staff just traded out head coaches and it worked great. Um, love all of those guys, um, you know, still do. They were all invited to my wedding and everything. And we, so that really worked well for me and then did kind of the same thing at Lamar. A couple guys had left, like um, one guy left to take a head coaching job who was an assistant there, but same deal. Like, you know, I never tell, told anybody they had to leave. Everybody that wanted to stay, stayed. So we had some of that same um, crossover, but I did have to hire some guys to, to, um, just re, uh, fill some of those empty slots. So it's the same thing here. You know, everybody that was on the previous staff um, were essentially, you know, offered a chance to stay. There were a couple of guys who had already decided before it, 
even maybe even before uh, Coach Call had decided mm. that they were going to leave anyway for family reasons and things like that. So, yeah, um, yeah so right now it's we, we just uh, hired a, a DB's coach um, on Monday. I guess today's Wednesday. We've already hired a defensive line coach from a while back. We've retained um, the defensive line coach from last year. He's probably going to coach a different position this year. Um, obviously, the strength and conditioning coach will stay the same. Um, and then there's a couple of other guys who are still deciding on whether they want to return or not. And while at the same time, I'm in the process of um, finishing up and locking down a defensive coordinator because I'm going to be the offensive coordinator. Um, and that should be happening really quickly. It's just anything when it comes to transitions and especially when it comes to schools, there's a lot of like just paperwork and stuff that has to happen before you can really make things official and final and things like that. So, um, but no, I, I think it's going really well. I know my principal, my athletic director want it to go fast. I want it to go fast. I know our fans and parents want it to go quickly um, and we're going and we are moving pretty quickly, but it's for me, it's, it, it's really been stress-free because I can sell Mount Pleasant. Like yeah. I posted a defense <laughs> coordinator job. I mean, people just, I got so many resumes so quickly, even jobs that I haven't even posted or advertised or anything. People just, people want to be a part of it. So it's been pretty stress-free. I've been stressed out about hiring a staff before. Um, and that is not at all been the case this year we got um, a lot of good choices it's just you know going to take a little bit of time for it to come together but again the defensive side of the ball is pretty close to being taken care of um, which is always good and and we've got a lot of really good guys on board already so I'm excited to continue um, to bring in more good guys and like I said we've got a lot of good choices and good options and a lot of good coaches. Well coach Oceanside Collegiate is a charter school for some of the listeners and viewers out there can you kind of explain you know, how that's different from a traditional high school and, and what exactly that entails being a charter school. So it is a public school one. I know a lot of people think it's like a private school. It's not. There's no tuition. It's a public school and it's a true um, public school from the sense of anybody can apply. And if you apply, everybody goes into the lottery, whether it's an athlete, non-athlete, regular student, whoever it is. We get so many applications and there's so many kids that Oceanside can take every year and it's it is a literal lottery as in names go into a bowl in the gym and the principal goes in and literally just picks out names and you could be the best soccer player in the state you could be the best football player in the state you could be a regular student if your name gets called you're in if your name doesn't get called you're not in it's really (laughs) that simple as far as how you get in um so again you know I know that there's a lot of misconceptions about how that works out there Um, but you know, we're, there's, but again, with it being a charter school specifically, um, we're essentially run by a company who is runs charter schools around, like obviously great collegiates one legion collegiate. Um, and what they've done is they really just tried to, to, to change the, the academic model a little bit to remove all of the fluff that you might get in traditional public schools to eliminate the red tape bureaucracy, all of those things. So that, like when you are sitting in a class, this class is either getting you closer to graduation or it's giving you college credit. Mm-hmm. We're not, you're not going to take art just to take art. You're not going to take P4 just to take P4. You're not going to do any of those things. You are every single class that you take, you are going to be able to, it is either moving you towards graduation or getting you college credit. So like half of our faculty are college professors. It's not half of the faculty's high school teachers. The other half is college professors. 
so that when you graduate um, Oceanside, pretty much across the board, um, with a couple of exceptions across the board, you're graduating and going into college as a sophomore or even sometimes as a junior. Um, and then the other side of that is athletics is a big part of that. So you'll never find or maybe you will. I haven't seen too many public schools where you'll find athletics in their mission statement. Whereas in Oceanside, athletics is right there in that in that mission statement. So everything is geared around, just like with academics, developing kids and pushing them forward. It's the same thing from the athletic standpoint, so that we make sure we have more time with our kids than you might at a traditional school, um, because we get them at different times of the day, so that we can lift them and do all of those things and condition them now that a lot of people might can't do because it's again, normal school. Um, and, and for us too, the other part of that is it, it's, it's like a hundred percent attendance. There are no kids that slip through the cracks. Mm -hmm. There are no kids that, Oh, they're not showing up for after school weightlifting. It is a hundred percent across the board. Everybody's there five days a week lifting. And that part is a little bit different too, but um, it's all just based on making sure that every kid is getting developed all the time. It's mm -hmm. not, we're just going to, place kids here or put kids in this class just to get them out of the way it is every single kid is getting developed academically and athletically and that's across all sports I mean just like it is for football it's that same way for soccer basketball everybody else and that's something that you know that mission statement is something that is an easy sell for me taking the job because that's what I believe in I mean that's what we get in this business for is to develop kids and that is what Oceanside and a lot of other charter schools are able to do at a higher level because they can cut through a lot of that red tape that you have in traditional public schools and again that's obviously i'm you know from traditional public schools so that doesn't mean that you can't do it there and there are a lot of schools that public schools that do it at a very very high level um but charter schools does kind of the infrastructure and everything is set up for that reason awesome that's a great answer so coach oceanside's a sister school with great collegiate academy and legion Correct. collegiate um we had the pleasure of interviewing coach holmes before his championship run last season. Have you had the opportunity to speak with Coach Holmes or Coach Heron at Legion um, Collegiate uh, since you've been at Oceanside? So I haven't. I know Coach Holmes because I played Coach Holmes um, when I was at Lamar. Um, and I've, I've talked to him. I haven't talked to him since I actually got the Oceanside job. Um, but, yeah, sister schools. But to be honest with you, it is I, – I certainly don't have any kind of rivalry with Coach Holmes by any stretch. Um we did play each other and it was a very tight game. I mean, it came down to a two point conversion at the very end um, back in 19. Um, but there is definitely a rivalry now between the two schools because of how good at this point, how good both schools have gotten um, really across the board. You know, obviously gray is, I mean, they won the state championship in football last year, basketball. I mean, they're as good as it gets. Oceanside hasn't won in basketball and football, but obviously they've been very close, you know, lower state championship this year in 3A in basketball um, and all the other sports, you know, soccer and all those things, Oceanside has been pretty dominant in. So both schools are like at just such a high level athletically right now that, again, I'm new to it. So I don't have any, you know, build up anything for gray or anything, but, you know, there's definitely, it's definitely turned into a rivalry. Um, you know, I know our kids, like we're playing a uh, great first game of the season. I know our kids are, are itching for that one. I'd imagine his are too. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens when you have programs that are operating at such a high level. You know, that's what it's supposed to be about. So I'm excited. You know, Coach Holmes is a great coach, and he's really gotten that thing rolling 
um, you know, they're, when we played them in 19, they're, I've, they're on a whole nother level from where they were then when they had, I think it might've been KZ's 10th grade year, but they had Hunter Helms at quarterback. Um, they had another receiver that was, that went somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but he's just continued to take that um, program to another level. Um, I've been, I know coach Helms, their offensive line coach does a great job and has trained some of our offensive linemen at Lamar. Um, and they got a great coaching staff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Week one, our kids are definitely, definitely itching to go for that one. I'd imagine Grace kids are the same way. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, I, I, I like that, these two sister schools being able to push each other like that. And we're both in 2A now. So, hopefully, it would be great if we see each other twice next year. That's right. That's right. Coach, for people who haven't seen you guys play before at Lamar, at C. Murray, what are some of the schemes that you prefer to run kind of on offensive defense normally? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Like every year it's been kind of different personal, just from a, a, not personally, but in a perfect world, you have the number of kids, everything that we have at Oceanside, which is what we're going to do at Oceanside. It's definitely more of a wide open um, type offense. You know, we're going to be pretty up tempo, a lot of air raid concepts, really a lot of, because we don't terminate, we don't use any of the air raid terminology. So a lot of it's kind of like old school run and shoot concepts too. Um, We've done some of the choice concept things that from Art Browse. So mm-hmm. it's kind of been a mismatch, but a lot of just your your typical wide open, um, very spread type offense. But there's been times like this past year at Lamar where with the offensive line we had, with the running backs we had, I mean, we just had a huge stable of running backs that, I mean, we got into the – we were wishbone. We really turned into a wishbone team last year, which is mm-hmm. sort of going back to my roots from Sherall, of course. Um, you know, when I played, we won two straight state championships and we hardly ever got out with on, um, you know, but that's not what I prefer to do. But if that's what we have to do to win, then we've done it in the past. Um, but that's not we're, we're not going to do that. Oceanside because at Oceanside, we have so many players um, in such a big roster um, from varsity and JV that you don't have to do that. You don't have to protect receivers who are going to turn around and play DB and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's going to be wide open. Um, we're probably going to throw the ball more than Oceanside has in the past, I would imagine. Um, based off of uh, based off of what I've seen, we're going to be up more up tempo, um, things like that. Defensively, it's funny. Last year, I actually called the offense and the defense. I was a coordinator for both sides of the ball for Lamar, um, which is I wouldn't advise ever doing that. I did <laughs> not have one second to watch any college football, NFL games, or anything. Um, but I did, you know, we we were okay. We, we went to the upstate championship game, but um, so last year we were a four three. But typically, I've I've had defense coordinators. I've had two defensive coordinators work for me, and I'm very big. When you know, if I have a defense coordinator, I hire people to do their jobs. And so, if I hire a defense coordinator, I want him to be able to run what he wants to run, mm-hmm. um, and have that autonomy over the defense. So whoever I hire is going to have that. Um, have that ability to, to do that. And obviously, you know, I'm going to be a part of the game planning and all that good stuff. But when it comes to scheme, anything in the world, and this is offense and defense, I could not be a bigger believer in, obviously, whoever executes better, you can be in the wishbone. You could run a flex bone triple option. You could be five wide air rate every play. Same thing on defense. You could be a three, four, three, three, five, four, three. If you've got better players and you execute at a higher level, you're going to win doing any of it. Um, so, that's why, I mean, we've done all kinds of stuff on offense um, personally, just with the players that we've had. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, that, that's what here, we're going to be able to tempo. We're going to throw that thing around a good bit. So coach, um, you touched on this a bit earlier. Uh, you're leaving a storied program in Lamar uh, with a lot of tradition, a lot of success. 
and you're going to the program, a newer program at Oceanside, but also you're, you're bringing your philosophy along. What do you take from Lamar to, and, you know, your experience as a player at Shiraz to build on the foundation at Oceanside and, and take this program to the next level? Yeah, so that I mean that's the goal, right? I, I've, I've told the kids this too, and I and I've told people outside, maybe in the community, that you know, obviously, it's not like Oceanside's been going zero and ten, right? So right. I mean, they were in a, a lower state championship game, I think, in what nineteen, mm-hmm. and then they had the, the they got kicked out of the playoffs because or forfeited, whatever, because that's of COVID. bad luck in twenty, yeah, <laughs> right, bad luck in twenty. But I mean, they were good, like they mm-hmm. were, they had it rolling at that time. Last year, you know, third round losing to a great Dylan team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the my point is, it hasn't been like it's like you know the the cover's not barren by any stretch. So really, that's that's what it's about. It's we've got players who have been a part of winning big games against really good teams. It's really just about taking that one extra step and getting to the point where we're winning the state championship. And that's what I'm here to do. And so a lot of it comes down to it's not a lot of it's not physical things. A lot of it is mental things. It's attitude. It's mental toughness, physical toughness that, you know, those are things like at a place like Lamar, at a place like Sherrill, where I'm from, you know, when I was growing up or the kids that I've coached at Lamar and at Seymour too, it's like we roll out of bed hitting. Like you don't have to worry about like, you know, coaching kids to hit or pumping them up to not be scared. I, I'll always remember Andy Poole, who was the current head coach at Sherall at the time when I played, he was the head JV coach and linebackers coach. I remember him telling me like our senior year or something, we were just talking. Um, it wasn't even at practice or anything. He was like, man, I wouldn't be scared or I wouldn't be worried. We could go play the Dallas Cowboys and they would beat us by a thousand points. <laughs> he said, but y'all would walk off the bus and y'all wouldn't be scared of them. Like, and that was the, that was just the mindset. Like you could put anybody in front of us anytime and we weren't going to be scared. It's the same thing at Lamar. You could put on film with some great player, you know, whatever, and talk about how good he is. And, you know, we got to stop this, stop that. And our player's mindset is just like, man, we're going to kill that dude. Like that's just the mindset of it. And so that's the kind of thing that's what's in my DNA. And that's what I'm going to instill um, in the kids, just that mental toughness, that physical toughness, the effort, the energy, all of those things, because we've got good athletes. We've got big kids. We've got kids who have already won at a high level. It's just that extra little bit of edge um, that we have to, that the kids need, that we need as a program to take that one last step um, because we're, we're already close. So, um, you know, it's not like, obviously it's not any kind of rebuild or anything like that. Our goal and the only thing that we talk about is the state championship. We don't talk about region championships, any of that. Um, I've only lost one region game in five years as a head coach. I, I don't even worry about region. Um, it is all about a state championship for us. So every day we get in that weight room, that's all we talk about. Every lift is to win a state championship and to be the best that we can. Um, and that's the beginning. That's the foundation. That's what we're trying to do to set the foundation. And then obviously down the road, long-term, we want to push it further than that. Awesome. Not sure how involved you've gotten with this stuff yet with you kind of just getting down there uh, on campus and whatnot, but you've got a big-time prospect, Monroe Freeling, down there. What's it like dealing with the recruitment of him and some other guys like Vaughn Blue as well? Yeah, so Monroe was on that 
uh, basketball team that just played and lost in lower state, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing. And obviously it's, it's a good thing to have a six, eight kid to come off the bench and rebound <laughs> and block shots for you, uh, which he could do and run up the court and dunk and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so he's just now getting back in the swing of football with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the kind of kid that literally not, no lie, no exaggeration. This dude would go and be working out all basketball season on his own, like not necessarily by himself, but like right. strength coach wants to work out, go work out on, on his own. He would go work out. He had a gym membership and go work out at a gym outside of school, like all the time. And this dude is six, eight, two has offers from everywhere is however many stars. And that's just the kind of mindset that he has now that he's obviously back in the swing of it with football. Um, it's so great having him because he pushes the other kids, the other kids push him. Um, and we've got a group in the weight room that was, was with him and a couple of other kids. One's Ben Britton, who's going to be a big time recruit. He's a 10th grader, Timmy Castine, who's going to be a, a, maybe not necessarily a division one, cause he's going into a senior year, but it's going to be a FCS level player or something like that. Who's uh, been all region and, and all those things, a defensive tackle. I mean, you just watch those kids do their deadlifts and their landmines. It is unbelievable. They push each other. I mean, it, it's just they're sweating, they're pouring sweat. They are getting after it for the entire hour list. Um, and, again, and you look over and you take a step back and look and it's like, well, one of those kids is, you know, all world, whatever, and he's still pushing himself that hard when I've had kids who are certainly not all world that you got to beg to try to, to, to do something in the weight room. Um, but that is why he is where he is. You know, there's a lot of – not a lot, but, I mean, there's six, eight people, but – they're not all great football players. He's six, eight, and he's a great football player. I played against kids in high school or seen kids and coached against kids where they might have those division one offers and things because of their size and their length and all those things. And Monroe might, might have offers if he wasn't quite at the level he's actually at football wise because of how big he is. He's legitimately huge. Um, but he actually is a good football player too. And when you can combine those two things, the athleticism, the size, and you actually put on the tape and he's, you know, driving kids and he can actually kick slide and pass that and do all those things at a high level. Now that's when you get the really special ones. Um, so it's no accident the way he works. Um, and then you talk about Von blue. I mean, that kid is, I don't think I've ever seen a kid look like him at his age because of what he's done in the weight room. Like, I mean, he takes his shirt off. I mean, he looks like he's a 25 year old NFL player. I mean, he is absolutely like, he's just jacked. He, in between classes, he goes to the weight room to stretch, like, and to get, like, to, and to roll himself out and to get a couple crunches in. Like, he, this dude's got seven minutes between classes, and you'll find he'll run into the weight room real quick. That is how obsessed he is with the weight room. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, and, again, no accident. You put on the tape, you can see why he is what he is. And that's, I mean, when you talk about making this transition and excitement, that those are the things that make me excited, like, you don't have to beg these kids to work. They already do it. Um, and they've been coached well in the past. Like I said, you know, Oceanside, it's not like they have been bad. You can come in and from day one, it's like you can tell these kids have been coached. These kids know how to work. These kids want to work. They appreciate. I mean, it's like they want to be conditioned. They want you to run them more. They want you to try to push them. So, yeah, that's exciting. And, and the two guys you mentioned with um, Monroe and Vaughn, they are absolutely leading, leading the charge with that, which is great because when – you know, a kid like Monroe, when your best player is also 
the hardest worker or right there with every i mean that's when you really have something and that's what we have at oceanside so it's really really cool and really fun to be a part of following up on that a little bit we all know monroe we, we know vaughn and we're, we're really looking forward to them in the fall but uh who's one guy that you would point out that we we're gonna know uh come september that we might not know about right now i, I mentioned him timmy cast nine is already like from day one he's going to be the best three technique pure three technique that i'll have coached four technique and i front whatever he ends up being um you know i talked to a college coach here recently and um and they knew about and asked about yeah yeah he's great and great um and i told him i was like yeah he's you know six foot 275 um is what he was before or what he weighed like last week he's 275 because like six foot he's like that's not what we have on him they had him at like five nine or something it's like he might have been five nine when he's a freshman but i'm <laughs> six one and he's like eye to eye with me so i mean I, I, he's got to be six foot if he's eye to eye with me and i'm six one so um but he's a kid that and you know he does have obviously college interest already but he is so explosive you see a kid who's six foot 275 you think and don't get me wrong I mean, he's powerful in the weight room um he's the best squatter on the team probably the best deadlifter on the team. Monroe's actually got him a bench. Monroe's got the best bench on the team. Um, but he's got all those things. So for him, oh, give me one second. So for Timmy, he's super powerful in the weight room, but you kind of think that body type is going to be a kid who's going to win with strength and all that kind of stuff. He wins with speed. He wins with his first step. He wins with his explosiveness. So when you combine those two things, when you know he's a kid that squats and deadlifts, at the level that he does and he's 275 and his first step is probably his most impressive attribute. That's when you really have something. I mean, if you look at his stats from last year, 10 sacks, I can't remember some crazy number of tackles for loss and you put on the tape and I mean, it's real. I mean, he's just kind of whipping everybody. Um, and he also plays with that same fire and passion. Like he's an emotional kid. Like he loves it. He loves just like, I mean, honestly, like even our kids who, won't ever be big-time recruits. I mean, kind of everybody just really loves the weight room around here. Um, but, I mean, he is one of those kids, like, he absolutely digs in the weight room. He makes sure he's getting his extra work. He wants to be pushed. He's a leader. Um, so, I cannot wait. He is going to put up insane numbers this year, um, and he's going to help lead, again, a really good defensive line. The other kid I talked about, Ben Britton, I mean, he's in 10th grade. He's 6'2", 260. I mean, with his 40 time and stuff, I mean, he's going to be right there with Monroe, and he's only in 10th grade. He's going to be the next guy because of his size and his frame um, who is going to be a big-time recruit. And with him, I told him today in the weight room, I was like, "You, your your job, your career in the future needs to be a strength and conditioning coach because he's got that. You know how all kinds of strength and conditioning coaches, they're a little bit – A little off. They might be a little bit crazy. <laughs> you got a little bit of a switch there. You don't know exactly what it's like. That's him, and I told him that. And for him to be in tenth grade and to already kind of have that switch, like he's mad in the weight room, like he, yeah. like he is angry when he's lifting weights. So he's one of those guys that he's going to be the next like big time recruit. And he came on late last year. He didn't play much because again, as a young tenth grader, a place like Oceanside, we've got a hundred kids on the roster. So sure. yeah, unless you're good, and unless you're a really good young kid, you know, it takes time for you to build up to that. But by the end of the year. Um, you know, he was playing great on the defensive line. So our defensive line is going to be really, really fun to watch next year um, with those guys and with the way Timmy feeds them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Have you been able to finalize your your spring, your spring practice schedule and, you know, spring games, 707, stuff like that so far? 
Yeah, so we're going to start, what is it, May 2nd, that very first Monday, um, and the spring game is going to be the 20th, um, which should be on a Thursday. We're going to do a spring game at the Citadel, which is something that they did last year, um, and, you know, we're going to make it a whole production, put the kids in game uniforms and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. We're going to roll through. We're going, we're going to work hard. We're already having position meetings and things like that now, so we've already got um, you know, not necessarily a good chunk. We've already got some stuff installed already. Um, so that's all from, you know, on the, on the board standpoint. So once we hit day one of spring practice, we're going to be ready to, to hit the ground running and go, um, and then finish up with that spring game at the Citadel with the Jumbo trying to all that's going to be, um, really excited. It's something, again, the kids are really, really looking forward to it with our numbers. We've got a lot of players and we're even going to be missing a couple because our baseball team's so good. Now, more than likely, we're going to have some baseball players who are some of our better football players are probably going to miss probably all of spring practice because they, you know, they're going to have a chance to win a state championship this year. Um, so, but even with that, we have so many kids that you can really, you know, kind of operate it like a college with the spring game and you can really split the kids up and have an offense versus defense and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's stuff that I'm all um, really, really excited about. So um, just looking through our research and we may or may not be correct, but you guys are in the process of opening up a new stadium, correct? No, just the it's a new it's a new soccer lacrosse JV football stadium. Okay, so JV football, not football. Right, okay. right, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's going to hold. It's going to be like our varsity practice field. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful field. Um, putting in bleachers now. Going to have lights going up. Um, possibly even something that I can't say that's even bigger. That's going to be there. That's going to be really cool. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to – but it, we're, we're still going to play our varsity football game still at the Citadel. JV will play um, right there at the school. And then, of course, there's, you know, um, current plans in the future to expand the school and do all those things. Um, but when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's above my pay grade. We're dealing with building <laughs> permits and all that kind yeah. of stuff. We have a fantastic principal, a fantastic AD who – you know, this is kind of maybe one of the first places I've been where they match my excitement level. And so they're great. And, and I let them handle, handle all that stuff and don't get too involved. Perfect. Awesome. So, Coach, with the recent realignment re re and reclassification, you guys are going down to 2A. Uh, you've been a little bit of a smaller conference, smaller region with just the academic <laughs> magnet, Lake Marion, Timberland, and Bishop England. I know the 2022 schedule is out now, and you've got some big-time out-of-region games with guys like South Florence and Sumter and Gray Collegiate, Carolina Forest, et cetera. You know, is that part of kind of your strategy of, hey, let's play some of these big dogs early to get us ready for region play in the playoffs, or that just kind of maybe they had open the same week as you guys, really? What, what was kind of the strategy behind that? Well, it kind of matches because it's an Oceanside to a degree. It's an Oceanside philosophy, and mm -hmm. it's a philosophy of mine, too, so mm -hmm. it kind of married um, really well. Um so, yeah, at Oceanside, like, like I said, that elite athletics is in the mission statement. So even if our non-conference might – or no, I'm sorry, even if our region might not be um, the greatest or whatever, might not have traditional powers, it does have Timberland, which is, you yep. know, always, has always been really good. But, yeah, it might not have the most traditional powers. So for us, I mean, we want to be elite and we want to play against the best. We want to be the best. Um, we've got some really good players. So for us – you know, getting to play Sumter High and how crazy athletic they are, Carolina Force, South Florence, mm -hmm. um, all these got gray, of course. Yeah. All these teams have such good players that that's an Oceanside philosophy and that's my philosophy. I don't ever want our hardest game of the year to be in the playoffs or in the yeah. state championship game. 
So that's always been my philosophy. Last year at Lamar, we played Dilly, um, mm-hmm. and we got killed. Um, but that's part of it. That's part of the process. So for me, I want to make sure that we're playing teams that are better than who we're going to see once we get to the 2A playoffs or in the 2A state championship or whatever that is. And obviously that could be great. And we've already played great. But with Sumter High and, and what they've done over the last few years and how many athletes they have, same thing. I mean, you look at South Florence before uh, Sellers got hurt. They took yeah. South Point to triple overtime, who yeah. won the 4A state championship. And then Carolina Force, just a couple years ago, were in the 5A lower state championship. So that's a big thing for us to make sure that we are challenging ourselves. We want to challenge our kids. We want Monroe going up against the absolute best because he's the best. We want Vaughn going against the best because he's the best. Um, same thing, Timmy. Like, we want our players to see that. We want our players to have that exposure. Um, so so, and th- so that's never going to change. And that's something that our principal directs. That's something that our AD directs. Like, our principal, wherever we got to go to play the best, let's go. Like, I mean, and that's something in the future we're going to branch out. We're going to play teams in Georgia and Florida and North Carolina. And that's the, the, the things that we want at Oceanside. And that's why, again, why I came and why it's such a good fit and everything, because they believe in the same things that I do. And we have that same vision of, yeah, Sumter High is great. And we might lose to Sumter High, but we are going to challenge ourselves against the best. All right. So changing up the tempo a little bit, we're going to go to some questions that are a little bit um, less labor intensive, I'll say. Um, so you were a two-time state champion at Sherrill High School in 06 and 07. Right. Um, what was it like playing with guys like Jerron Brown, Cliff Matthews, and, and so forth? Yeah, it, so both of those guys were great guys. So that's the that's the fun part. Um and I still talk to, to Cliff a decent amount today. He was older than me. Um, and Jerron, I was Jerron's backup. So I got to spend a lot of time with him. Um, and those guys were so – that's what people don't realize about those guys and at that time in Charal. Same sort of deal. They were the hardest workers. Um, and in the classroom, I mean, Jerron took, like, all the AP classes. I mean, he was super, super uh, smart and great in the classroom and all that stuff. And – it's fun to play with guys like that because you get to see more college. Like I see in high school guys that were better athletes than anybody I played with in college. Um, and so that preparation, getting to practice against those guys every day. We talk about building mental toughness. Imagine being a ninth grade scout team quarterback who the coaches allow the defense to hit, by the way, and you're in the shotgun and you're behind a scout team offensive line and Cliff Matthews, the defensive end, and you're about to throw the ball. (laughs) So that builds mental toughness really quick. Like, yeah, he's about to destroy me. Uh, But that was that culture. That was the culture at the time. It's like, yeah, you Cliff is going to kill me as a ninth grader and he's going to be nice about it, but he's going to kill me. And then when I'm a senior, I'm going to do the same thing to the freshman coming up. And that's the culture that we had. And that's what built that toughness. But, those two guys were both great teammates um, across the board at the time, especially, I mean, obviously just like anything in high school, they were both friends at the time. And I mean, which drum we, I was closer to in high school because we played the same position and everything, but even Cliff, like he was a fresh or he was a senior number 37 player in the country, all this stuff. I was just some little freshman, but he treated me like everybody else still to this day. We still talk. Um, so yeah, that's always really, really cool to have and I, it's cool to be able to tell people about playing with those guys um, and it made me and everybody else better football players getting to be on the same team with those kids 
And of course, I got two state championship rings, and a lot of it has to do with them too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm awesome. Sure. Have a couple future uh, future NFL guys on your team. Always helps out. That, that helps. <laughs> that really, really helps. It, it yeah makes things makes things easy at times when your uh, when your punt returner's drawn. You know, it's makes punt return easy. Yeah. Makes punt return easy. Well, coach, yeah, obviously you grew up in the state. You've coached in the state. What is the toughest or best atmosphere that you've played a game at or coached a game at in your, uh, in your years here in the in state of South Carolina? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, there's been a lot. There's been a lot. Um, I mean, I would say I would put up, uh, you know, when I was there in the golden years of Sherall would have been, would have been up there. We had the, the uh, brave riding out on the horse and spiking the spear into the center of the field and us running out the teepee and smoke covering the field and all that was, was pretty special, especially back then. Um, I mean, it was pretty crazy the way the town would shut down. I would still say the craziest environment that I probably ever played with uh, or played in or even coached in really was my junior year, we played Chesterfield when they had Steve, Steve Tannehill. Okay. And they okay. were just starting their run. I think they won three straight state championships, maybe. Um, and at the time, they had just beat Sherall the year before um, for the first time in years. And, and that was their first state championship. So they were kind of in the middle of that run. And we were obviously really good, too. In my junior, junior year, we went to Chesterfield to play. They had to bring in extra bleachers um, for the game. They, there was people like they had to turn people away at the gate because they, they're literally you could not fit anybody else inside the fence. They had to bring in bleachers like up behind the, the goalposts, like all the way across the, the back end in between the track and the goalposts because there were so many people there. And it was like that when we went out for specialty at 6.05 or whatever. I mean, like I went out for specialty at 6.05. And both teams kind of ran out, started stretching at the same time. And just that the fans were going insane. I mean, there, it was like there's just so much. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of, like, anger. Like, you could just look in the stands, like, just just grown men who are just living and dying by this game. That was probably the craziest just because, I mean, I was getting stretched. I was go, uh, catching punts during specialty and was getting stretched by one of our coaches right there on the track on their sideline. And, I mean, there's grown – I mean, I'm 16 years old, and, you know, I was a pretty good player. And so, obviously, you know, they knew that I was the punt returner and, you know, I was going to catch some passes or all that good stuff. But, I mean, there were grown men at me at 16 years old who were just screaming at me, just absolutely <laughs> just screaming at me, like just chilling, just trying to get ready for a game, stretching. And it was like that on both sides. And I'll – I mean, that environment, I remember even the coaches on both sides, there was such a – desire to win and it just it had been built up for years and I'll be honest with you at that time I don't know if there's any two towns that hated each other as much as Sherall and Chesterfield I mean it was personal like it was actually personal from grown men who worked with each other and I mean it was just it was really insane and and I probably won't ever coach in an environment like that ever again because you can't recreate that kind of hatred mm -hmm. you just can't recreate it it was it was really unbelievable and unfortunately we lost last uh last second deal they threw a touchdown pass at the end to beat us um and man i might i'll be honest with you i might would trade a state championship to get that game back that was a tough one so i'm a big barbecue guy um 
you're down there in, in Charleston. Uh, no disrespect to the Bessingers, the Sweatmen, <laughs> the, 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 the regional classics there. The, the new kids on the block is Rodney Scott and Lewis Barbecue. So have you been to either of those? And if so, which one are you picking? So I haven't yet, but oh, no. they're both everybody. Well, you got to remember, I've been here for <laughs> eight days. <laughs> a little bit going on. Yeah, I've been here for eight days. A lot of that, so I've been pretty busy during those eight days. But, no, that, I mean, of course, that's all everybody talks about here. Um, and I love barbecue myself. I mean, every time, obviously, being at C. Murray, Hemingway was in our region. So, obviously, every time we'd go play, we'd have to pull over the side of the road and make sure we got us a, um, a barbecue sandwich. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big barbecue guy, and I'm excited to go. Everybody does talk about it down here, by the way. If you didn't know, it is a big thing, and everybody does talk about it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's a place, too, that I went. There's a There are – I didn't expect it. There are quite a few barbecue places in the low country, which is kind of something that I didn't really expect. But where we play baseball at our Oceanside Place Baseball, a place called Shipyard Park, and they have a Swig and Swine restaurant right beside the baseball field that I walked past, like, well, I guess I know where I'm going to be eating after every baseball game. I'm going to have to slide in there and, and get a sandwich. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot more than I expected, which I'm excited about because, I mean, I'm from Sherall. You can tell as soon as I open my mouth that I'm not from Charleston. So I'm used to used to good good barbecue, so I'm excited about it for sure. Sure. We can find solid, but, uh, you know, you got to go to Lewis on Friday. They got this uh, beef and cheddar sandwich that's amazing. And then the pulled pork at Scott's, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. Oh, I believe Legendary. it. Legendary. Well, Co- Coach, obviously you mentioned you've had a pretty pretty busy start to 2022. You got married. You got the head coaching job. You got your master's. Um, what's been the highlight so far, and why was it getting married? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, no question, uh, getting married is definitely the highlight of that. Um, it's been a whirlwind, no doubt about it, um, I think. Everybody here knows because, uh, like our AD and and, and um, booster club president stuff like that's been telling every every parent I meet. They're like, "Yeah, it's a crazy time for coach. Go easy on them, that kind of thing." Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. You get married; those are things that obviously transcend football, and it's it's real, it's legit. I mean, don't get me wrong; the, my two state championships might be the second and third best days of my life. Um, but getting married was definitely the first and, and I'm a big, big football guy. Obviously I've dedicated my life to it. Um, you know, and put a lot of hours into it. And I care about a lot. I don't get stressed out about much, like with all this going on, masters, new job, moving, getting married, all those things. None of that stresses me out. Like I'm good. The only thing that stresses me out is football things. Like other than that, all that other stuff. I'm good. I don't get too worked up about those kinds of things. I, I, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to that. All I need is an air mattress, internet <laughs> access, and I'm good. So I don't get too worried about it. The wife is definitely, it stressed her out a little bit because, of course, she has to deal with more of it than I do. Um, I tell everybody, she's like, at this point, she's my real estate agent and my manager and everything else. She's the one that sets my calendar. But the great thing about her is, she has always supported. We've been dating since I've been a head coach. So we've been together for a long time. She supported me at every move. She has never missed a football game by any point. She's never going to. She loves the kids. She loves doing things for kids. She loves being a part of um, the programs that I'm at. Um, and she adds value in that way. She's the perfect, perfect football wife. 
um, which is important, which is important because we live, we've got crazy schedules. We move and do all those different things that um, it's not for everybody, but luckily I found a great one. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, definitely the highlight of it. Well, that's awesome. Coach We're wrapping this thing up. Um, last question we have for you is uh, what are some of your goals for your first year Oceanside? Um, and, 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 you know, not just, in the off season, but this season and, and then going forward. So, I mean, obviously the, the only on field goal that we talk about, like I said before, is the state championship. That's, that's the only thing that we're going to talk about. That's it. Um, you know, the other thing we're going to talk about is going undefeated every week. So regardless of whether you went, whether you lose or whoever the next week, we're going to turn around and more than likely, if it's not conference, we're going to be playing somebody really good. So our job is to go undefeated that week. Um, but like I did mention a little bit before, that's just the foundation. The vision for Oceanside and Oceanside football is much bigger and much greater than that. Um, and to be honest with you, I do think that it's probably similar to Gray and, and places like that because the infrastructure is there and the desire and passion amongst everybody and not just the football coach, amongst the administration, amongst the board, parents, community, everybody is for bigger and better things. Like uh, if it was up, if I let, not, if I left it up, if the high school league left it up to our principal and our parents and our community, we'd be playing five, eight right now. Like we would be a five, eight, like they would, they wouldn't want us to go down to two A. They, they want us. That's the kind of level that we want to be at. And again, just a jumping off point. We want to grow this thing. And again, this is years down the road. And I understand that, but we want to grow this thing. And I've told people this, our goal is to be playing on ESPN. That's not going to happen in the next five years. But with the infrastructure that we have, the energy and desire of our administration and our board, the advantages that we do have from a time standpoint, not from a recruiting standpoint, because like I just explained to y'all with the lottery, even if we wanted to recruit, it wouldn't help nothing. Um, like our, we got Mount Pleasant kids. That's, that's who plays for us. Um, but if from further on into the future with the time advantages that we do have, we want to make this thing bigger and better. We want to be playing in Georgia. We want to be playing in Florida. We want to play against North, the best North Carolina teams. We want to eventually be playing on ESPN. The only way to accomplish those things, though, is to win at the level that we are at. That means winning the two-way state championship this year. That means turning around and winning it again next year. And then from that point, we can grow. But the long-term vision for Oceanside is – great and that's what's so exciting for me because I can talk about these things of how we want to grow Oceanside and we want to play in other states and we want to make this thing bigger and better and we have or I have in the football program has the support of the parents the community the principal is amazing the AD is amazing the booster club is absolutely amazing the booster club president is amazing so across the board everybody has that same vision and everybody's pushing this thing to be greater than just a, you know, a good program in South Carolina. We want this thing to be huge. We want everybody to know what Oceanside is. We want that logo to be everywhere. Um, and that's going to take time, um, but it starts with good players and it starts with winning at the level that we're at. And that's winning a state championship this year. And that's pretty much it. It doesn't mean we can't have a good year. doesn't mean that when, if, and when we win region, we're going to be happy about it. But we were in region. We're going to bury that football and move on because it's about a state championship for us. 
Certainly sounds like Oceanside Collegiate is in great hands. Uh, for all you listeners and viewers out there, be sure to follow Coach Wilkes on Twitter and Oceanside on, on social media. They do a great job of putting out new videos and graphics and whatnot, so definitely stay tuned with them. But, Coach, we know, we know you're super busy. We really appreciate your time today. We've enjoyed our, our chat with you for sure. Yes, sir, absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, Coach, we look forward to stopping by practice or a game next year, meeting you. That would be great to talk to you soon. But uh, we will catch you yes, sir, absolutely. sometime soon, Coach. All right, thanks, guys.